Opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Good morning and welcome to Beyond the Business on News Radio 94.3 WSC. Each Saturday morning at 7.30, successful business leaders and entrepreneurs from across the low country talk about what it takes to succeed in business and in life now your hosts of beyond the business eric cox and leslie haywood and great saturday morning low country welcome to another edition of beyond the business heard every saturday morning here on 94.3 wsc from 7 30 to 8 we thank you our loyal listener for getting up particularly on this early april saturday morning there's a lot going on this weekend i'm one of your hosts eric cox with not leslie this morning the lovely and talented Byron Stahl, I decided to step in for Leslie this morning. Leslie Good to be here. out on spring break this weekend, so uh, hopefully she's getting ready to warm up and get over on the bridge this morning and do that bridge run with the rest of you. And we appreciate you, uh, again, listening to the show this morning, getting you fired up for the run, and we've got a great story for you today, so I know that will help. A lot going on in Charleston this uh, weekend, Mr. Stahl. Absolutely, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about our last show. Well, in case you missed it, we had Diane Goulias on uh, over the last couple of weeks, who's the former president of one of the largest divisions at DuPont, actually was uh, even in line there for a potential CEO at one point of DuPont, and is if um, you uh, listen to the show as well on the board of the LPGA, which is coming to Charleston here uh, before too long. So Diane, just a, another great show of leadership. Um, if you missed her, first of all, shame on you for missing that. But you get a second chance. Go to our website at CoastalWM.com. Click on the radio icon, and you'll have both of her shows up as well as the last, I don't know, four years or so of great entrepreneur stories. Yep, and but, I can I can attest to it. I wasn't on the show, but I was one of the listeners, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. What a great show. You know, Diane, last week talked a little bit about uh, the concept of the half-life of your skills, which basically she said, you know, everything that you're learning – uh, in five years, will basically about half of that will be obsolete, and so that if you're not consistently and continually learning new things as a leader in your organization, uh, you're going to be basically phased out of the thought process. And she also said that curiosity was one of the greatest skills a leader can have. And I love when we get book recommendations, and she uh, brought us one last week that we had not heard before, which is Strength Finder 2.0. By Marcus Buckingham. So again, Diane, great show. Thank you for your time and attention and bringing uh, a great thought-provoking story to our listeners. And so uh, we're going to continue with that vibe here today, Byron. Yeah, we sure are. And today we have Amir Golestan. Eric, why don't you just give a quick little introduction to Amir? So Amir, first of all, thank you uh, for taking time on a busy Saturday morning to come join us and uh, tell your story. Thank you for having me. And Amir is the CEO and founder of MikeFo, which is an infrastructure as a service provider, cloud-based stuff. Why don't you give us a quick uh, you know, 10, 15-second commercial uh, on what MikeFo is? Of course. So MikeFo is an infrastructure as a service provider. We provide cloud hosting services to enterprises and small and medium businesses. Wonderful. So we're looking forward to hearing a lot more about the business. I know you have an international presence, a lot going on. You're expanding a lot of exciting things. However, before we go to talk about uh, what's happening in your world today, we'd like to sort of go backwards a little bit. Yeah, we're going to go back to the beginning and 
Uh, for our listeners, uh, Amir is actually from Dubai, and we want to kind of dive back in there. But before that, I just wanted to you know have you tell us a little bit about your experience growing up in Dubai. For our listeners, when we think of Dubai, we think of skyscrapers, spaceship-looking skyscrapers. And in the 1990s, it was a lot different. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about it? Sure. Um, so I was born in Iran to a loving family of uh, four at a time, my father was um, running one of his um, dad's hotels and restaurants. And in their hotel, they used to serve alcohol, which at the time was perfectly normal. Um, right after the 1979 revolution, essentially it became against the law to serve alcohol. So essentially everything that, that my father had, including the hotel and restaurant got confiscated by the government. So they stripped him out of everything, essentially. And my father was uh, naturally very disheartened by the situation. So he didn't want to live in Iran anymore. So he decided to immigrate to Dubai, United Arab Emirates. Um, And that was because, obviously, he had a lot of, you know, family and siblings still in Iran and he wanted to be close enough to Iran that if he wanted to visit his family, he could. So he moved to Dubai and with a wife and four kids and essentially nothing to his name. Um, he started as a chef to one of the sheikhs of uh, one of the emirates, Rasul Khaima. And um, he started working his way up and started saving for years Um enough to then start his own restaurant. So he started a restaurant and um, over the years um, worked very, very hard. Um, If I were to think of um, my role model as someone who works very hard, um, very dedicated, um, go-getter, no one other than my father comes to my mind. So let's go back from it. What an intriguing story. I mean, uh, obviously, most of us listening this morning, you know, a thought of that is so just out there, right, that the government can come in, basically take your business from you the way they did. Um, how old were you at the time? So I was um, I wasn't born at the time because okay. I was born 83 and that happened pre-revolution. So I was, my dad stayed a couple of years in Iran, and after I was born um, in 83, um, he moved to Dubai. We still were in Iran for a little bit, and then my dad came and essentially took us all to Dubai. And are you uh, in the line of four? Are you the oldest, youngest, in the middle? I'm the youngest. Okay. And I have a younger brother who was actually born in Dubai. Gotcha. Okay. Right. Gotcha. And so when uh, you look at the family dynamics, and obviously, as you said, your dad, a mentor, right? The hardest working person you've ever known. Um, how do you think his influence has uh, shed its light upon the entire family, not just you and your experience? Well, I think it has had nothing but positive impact on everyone in our family um, because you saw your dad wake up every morning, five thirty, six o'clock, before even you were up, and he was out of door. He would come home when you were asleep, 
probably after midnight. And again, repeat that for years and years. Um, I don't take that lightly. And of course, my mom, being the caring, loving mom that had to take care of all of us at home, um, still to this day, um, astonishes me that how hard she worked, how hard she tried for everyone, for all of us. We were really poor at the time when we moved to Dubai. I remember stories where we were so poor that we didn't have enough money to eat. And at the time, we had a small two-bedroom, tiny apartment that um, me and three of my sisters were sharing two bunk beds. And I thought, that's the coolest thing. Had never seen bunk bed, didn't know the difference. Um, Thought that was the coolest thing. But I remember my mom would make a game out of us for kids look around the house for enough quarters that would get us a loaf of bread so we could eat. And I thought that was the coolest game. We didn't know the difference. Um, So that's what those amazing moms can do, right? 100%, 100%. And obviously you didn't have, you know, the technology, the convenience or anything that you have today. You know, I saw my mom washing our clothes by hand, you know, there was, no washer, washing machine, no dryers, none of that. Um, and she kept us all very close. She kept us very happy. I remember <laughs> I never went to bed hungry. They always made it through. Wow, just what an amazing story. I mean, you've, you've captured our hearts. I'm sure you've captured the hearts of our listeners. Um, so you moved to Dubai when you said you were three years old, correct? Correct. Um, what... Tell us about what your education was like in Dubai. What, when, how old were you when you first started going to school? Sure. Um, so you go to school at age of um, seven. That's first grade. Um, I went to school, public school, for first couple of years. Um, by then, my dad um, was in a better situation financially. Um, obviously. Me and my younger brother, we had it a lot better than my sisters had. You know, all three of my sisters, they went to public school. um, And right after they graduated high school, they started working at, you know. um, And my youngest sister ended up putting herself to college and went on to get her MBA and work for a predominant oil company in Dubai. Um, But... Nevertheless, my other two sisters worked, of course, very hard. I remember vividly my dad telling all of us that, you know, your high school is all I can do. After that, it's all up to you guys. Um, So I remember growing up and um, I would go to one of my father's restaurants at a time. And there was a computer store close by that I would go behind that store and gaze at the computers and fantasize about what it means to have a computer and what it means to work on computers. Um, obviously, it was very expensive. At a time, it would have been about $3,000. Um, and for those listeners who remember certain brands, Compaq was the brand of um, computer at the time. Um, so I remember for months and months, I would go, repeat the same thing, go behind um, the window and gaze at the computer. And sometimes I would go in and they would educate me a little bit on what the computer is. But ultimately, um, 
they wanted to sell. So I wouldn't have enough time there. Um, I remember I would go to my dad and ask him to buy me this computer. And uh, he would say, absolutely not. Till one day, two years of me asking him for a computer, finally, he said, I will buy you that computer. But if you break it, that's on you. You're going to fix it. And I'm not going to put you through any courses or buy you anything other than this computer. I'll buy it and you're on your own. Um, and I said, okay, absolutely. So he didn't have the means to go and spend $3,000 on a computer. So he applied for a credit card with Citibank. I remember vividly when that package was delivered and he signed so he could get that credit card. The following day, we went into that computer store. He bought me that computer and I was on my own. I surely enough broke the computer many times, <laughs> but I knew that I had to fix it and I fixed it. I um, started researching, reading books and taught myself the basics of computers. Um, I broke the computer numerous times um, and I always ended up being able to fix it because of an amazing lesson that early on my dad taught me, and that was self-reliance, to rely on yourself, and you have to make it work no matter what. Um, and when I go back today to think that if it wasn't because of that computer, I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't be sitting here. Because that's the computer that went on to bring me along the journey with where I am today. So you knew early on you had a knack for computers. Absolutely. And certainly a thirst and desire to understand more about it. Um, I know the business um, that you currently own and founded began at a very early age. Correct. So let's walk through some of the evolution of how you went from, you know, wanting this first compact computer, you're diving your hands into it to all of a sudden you own a business. Of course. Um, so that, computer ended up, I ended up having that computer for over 10 to 20 years. Um, I remember there was a day that a friend of mine um, called me and he said that his internet at home is not working and if he could come over to our house so he could use our computer. And I said, absolutely. So he came in and started working on my computer and I was so fascinated with how he was using the shortcuts and, you know, moving from one window to another, switching between applications. So I started asking him, what is that that he does? Um, he said um, he runs a small business online. He provides what's called web hosting. Um, and I said, do you make money? He said, absolutely. <laughs> um, but um, he said, it's enough for me to pay for my car, pocket money, and I can go out and just have some fun. You know, this is a hobby for me. I said, do you mind teaching me the basics? Um, he said, no. So let me take you actually a step back. Um, at the time, I was 15, and my dad by then had a couple of restaurants, and in summers, he would have me watch or be at one of his restaurants. And my favorite thing was to actually just be a cashier and collect money. And finally, he accepted that, you know, that I should uh, run one of his uh, business 
businesses for him or at least be his eyes and ears while he's not there. But sadly enough, he did not let me start at the cashier. And I was obviously very upset because I wanted to collect money. Um, he said, you start um, in the kitchen. So I started in the kitchen by washing the dishes and went on to uh, mop the floors, was then promoted to make juices and make salads and finally help make omelets and then ended up serving. Once I served and began serving for a couple of months, that's only when he allowed me to become a cashier. I became a cashier and then I remember he sat me down and he said, if you ever want to own your business, you need to know ins and outs of it. The reason I wanted you to go through an evolution of learning everything about running a restaurant is that so if one day your chef doesn't turn up, you know how to make an omelet. If your server doesn't show up, you can serve. He basically taught me early on that while you don't need to know every single thing in your business and you don't need to be very good at everything, you need to have a broad knowledge of everything in your business and what goes on in it. So going back to this story, um, I was 15, being a teenager, I was earning some money. So I would go out to have fun with my friends. And of course, four or five months later, rather than showing up at my dad's cafe at seven o'clock, I would show up at 11 and leave early. So which was, you know, defeated the whole purpose of my dad wanting me to be his eyes and ears. So he said, son, I've had it enough. You're on your own. Go away. Um, I was obviously heartbroken. But then you're very young. You're stubborn. And you're like, I can do it myself. I don't need you. So then I'm sitting at home. And of course, now that's when my friend calls me and said if he can use uh, my computer. So he came on for two weeks to teach me the basics of uh, web hosting. Um, and I said, so if I wanted to run my own little web hosting shop, what do I need? He said, well, you need a server, you need a domain name, and I teach you how to design a website and you should have about hundred dollars to spend on marketing. I went to my mom. I said, mom, I want you to go to dad and ask him for his credit card. I know obviously him and I are at the odds, um, but I promise that that's all I'm going to ever ask him. Um, so, of course, mom being mom, he sweet talked my dad into giving me his credit card. And I ended up putting $430 <laughs> on his credit card um, to get a server, get a domain name, built a website with help of my friend and spent $30 a month on advertising on webhostingtalk.com. And... Uh, Fast forward nine months later, I had earned more customers than my friend had earned in two years. Um, and it goes back to the fact that, you know, I was passionate about it. I learned early on that this is what I want to do. And the difference between him and I was that he just wanted, it was a hobby for him. But for me, I was just basically was at odds with my dad, didn't have any other means of, you know, financial means. So I had to make it work. 
Um, two months after that, I got an offer from a company out of Orlando to purchase my hosting site for $110,000. Wow. And I haven't had met um, the owner at the time. It was all over the internet. I remember he sent me a check for $70,000. Everything was on paper. He hadn't had met me. Um, I cashed the check, transferred the customers and services, everything to him, and he wired me the remaining $40,000. And I thought, I'm the richest person. I thought I'm onto something. The big question is, did you pay dad back the $443? I absolutely did. (laughs) (laughs) So, So during this whole time... Were you going to school or was school? I was going to school, but very good question. Um, Early on, I decided to choose between school and work. And because I started this in summer and a year later when the company was bought out, I found out that if I would focus on the study, work would suffer and vice versa. So I went to my mom and my dad and I said, I want to drop out of high school. Um, I love what I do. I don't like school. I don't like studying. And mind you, I was a very good student. I would get straight A's all the time, but did not like school. We weren't treated well at school. We would get beat by the teachers. We would get bullied all the time. We, the teachers actually would, you know, beat you and they would um, put you in extensive timeouts Um, and the sad thing is at a time when you would go to your parents and let them know about the story of what goes on in school the mentality at the time was that you deserved it because you must have done something wrong and today when I look back at it I'm like that's probably how my grandparents thought of it, you know, and how my parents were treated at school. So if you don't know the difference, you don't know. So finally, proof being in the pudding and my parents saying that I have made, you know, money and I was onto something, um, they agreed to let me drop out of high school. And for years, everyone in our family, an extended family overseas looked down upon us because I was the only person in our entire family from my father's side and mother's side that not only dropped out of high school, but did not go to college or university. So because this stereotype was, unless you were an engineer or a doctor, you hadn't made it. But my parents obviously had seen what I had done, so they allowed me to do that, and that was one of the best decisions that I did. And I never went back to finish my high school or go on to college. Well, what it really sounds like is that the seeds of entrepreneurship were really planted early between having to you know, be self-reliant and building or really fixing your own computers and then learning all aspects of your father's restaurants. He really instilled in you those values and you really carried them out by building this business. And I know we're running out of time. We only have a few more minutes left. So you ended up selling this business to a company out of Orlando. What did you do next? Very good question. So when I had started um, 
web hosting, essentially I started it with no knowledge, no background, um, no experience. So, and there was no business plan or actual strategy because it was all a hobby. Um, so this time I decided to give myself three months to set up a proper business plan. Um, and because I knew I wanted to do it professionally. Ended up setting up a business plan and focused on now providing very exact service, um, but on a higher end to customers around the world. And did you not have any kind of non-compete or concerns with what you had just done in terms of selling the business when you started new, or did it have a different spin to it that enabled you to... No, we didn't have any non-compete, and um, I had his blessing. Wonderful. So... He, uh, He's still the a business, mentor to me today. mentored you along the way. Gotcha. Absolutely. Wonderful. His name is Manny Vivar, and he owns a company called Hostime, and they're doing some phenomenal things in the hosting world. And mm-hmm. I truly still respect him, and I have utmost respect for what he has done and what he has done for me personally. And Manny sought you out. He did. So you were just doing your thing, building a business, and one day you get communication saying, hey, I want to buy your business. Correct. Wonderful. Um, so, uh, in the last minute or so that we have left, Amir, just give us a, a quick thought of, you know, you went through this first business experience, you sell it, you say, Hey, round two, we're going to do a little better, Correct. more prepared, um, going into that round two, thinking about that business, what was the vision? So the vision, honestly, I didn't have a vision back then still, I wanted to continue to do what I did because I was 17. You know, I wanted to grow it. I knew I wanted to still be in the web hosting industry and offer those services. But if I had to tell you what my objectives were at the time was to grow the company through a volume and try to capture as much of market share as I could and expand our services globally. So unfortunately, we're running out of time, Amir, but that's why we have next week's show is to come back and hear the rest of that story. But again, thank you this morning for sharing your journey. What an amazing journey it is, too, with our listeners. Uh, Byron, thanks again for stepping in for Leslie and being our guest host here today on Beyond the Business. We look forward to having you back again next Saturday morning at 730 here on 94.3 WSC. And until then, Low Country, enjoy a wonderful weekend in Charleston and good luck in the race. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Business on News Radio 94.3 WSC. Tune in next Saturday morning at 7.30 for Beyond the Business, hosted by Eric Cox and Leslie Haywood, and heard exclusively on News Radio 94.3 WSC.